Well, I'm grateful to see some young people in the room. Those of you who can remember the intergenerational service where there were no boys and girls. I am grateful to see boys and girls in the room. And maybe you don't want to come to the front with me, but I have a little bit of a treat if you do. I made some traditional magi wands. A little bit of hot glue and some felt and some dowels. Who wants to come and get a magi wand? Come on, come and join me. I see two. You want a big star, little star, orange star, green, red? What are you thinking? A little blue. Oh, the only okay, very good. Magi wand. Little green. Little green? Alright, see, I knew it. I knew it. What do you think? Have a little red. Little red? Oh yeah, good eye. Okay, beautiful. Actually I'm lying. This the big yellow. Yeah, okay. I knew somebody was going to go big yellow. Magi wand. Oh, yeah, you could help. That's good. Little pink. Little pink, yes. Little yellow. Big yellow. Everybody getting magi wand? Does anybody out there want a magi wand? I mean, if, the, if I have some extras. I'm saving this for my sister, Everybody? No? Okay, I have a few extras. Any, any grown-ups want a Magi wand? Big yellow? You bet. Yeah, I had a feeling. Thanks, man. I, was, I used to be scared of the hot glue gun, and this might have been uh, a real formative moment for me where I made peace <laughs> with, the, with the glue. Okay, one more little... I, oh, I'm going to keep this little yellow. Do we have any extras at the, up at the front? I didn't know okay. I got two more to give away. Diane, red or yellow? Take your pick. Red. Go on once. Aha. Oh, it's up here? Sorry? Oh, a man? Okay, fair enough. You've got to give your sister a, a want. So you may wonder, um, how old is the tradition of the Epiphany Magi wand? Well, it goes back to earlier this week when I thought, what a cool, fun thing, and why don't we have Magi wands? It's a fun thing. Now, here's the thing. The Magi is the name for the people that we're celebrating today. And we're really leaning into them because this is the time of the year where we talk about God surprising us in different ways. And the story of the Magi is one of my favorite God surprises in the whole Bible. Grown-ups know that somewhere in the catalog of my brain... I actually have a sermon about Herod for this time of year, but we're definitely not going to do that on Intergenerational Sunday. (laughs) So just keep that in mind. So I made a a couple of props, which are helpful, I think. We'll find out. The first one is us zooming in on the order of service. Does anyone remember? Did anyone take a look? Yeah, you can see the superhero from a few weeks ago that got... He's getting recycled. So you see, we put a little piece of art at the top of our order of service. Can you see that? And we've got these three people here wearing some suspicious headgear. What what, what kind of hats are these? They're wearing crowns. And that's where we get that song, We Three Kings. And that's where we started introducing, I guess, bad theology into the story of the, the Magi. 
Now, one of the reasons they got called Magi is because in that part of the world, whenever somebody came from a long ways away and they practiced a religion or tradition that people understand, people just said, oh, they're exotic. Oh, they're different from us. And people are still doing it. Uh, Edward Said, uh, Orientalism, still happening all the time. Go ahead and have a good read. Any big fans of Said? No? Yeah? Yeah, okay, there we go. Anyways, (laughs) they just said, oh, they were strange people. And they practiced looking at the stars and trying to understand the world through the eyes of the stars. So they say things like, I'm an Aquarius, and that means today or this year, or I don't know, moon is in retrograde, or I don't know, does anyone do that stuff? <laughs> I know you millennials and zennials are deep into the astrology right now, and um, I honor you on your path of seeking. Anyways, I got a couple pictures that maybe are a little better than pictures of guys with crowns. The first one here, uh, Alan F. sent to me. And you can see there's a bunch of people, and they're all in a trail. And they're riding on camels, and you have these three very stately-looking figures. And they have traveled a really long ways. Now, uh, I did a little math, and this is a Google... um, asked for Google directions, and if you were to go from like the capital of what would have been the Persian Empire, the, the remnants of the Persian Empire, and then you ask Google, how long is it going to take me to walk 2,148 kilometers? It was going to take you at least 484 hours of walking. They didn't have a button for camel rides, so I, I couldn't really calculate that. I would ride a donkey. You would ride a donkey? Sure. Sure, donkey, but uh, I don't know. I think the camel people might stay ahead of you. Those humps. I would ride a pug. A pug? A giant? Just just like one of these guys? 99,000 pugs. Okay, valid. I appreciate the imagination. Okay, so one more picture of these guys, and this is a little more accurate. Sometime later, people actually said, maybe we'll make a picture that represents these people based on the the ethnicity that we think they might have been, and the part of the world they came from. And so they tried to dress them like Persians, which is what our best guess who the Magi were. And they're even wearing these funky little hats. They were called Phrygian caps. And those caps became famous, actually, in history. But in that stretch of time, the Phrygian cap was sort of like, everybody from Persia wears one of those caps. They're so cool. Yeah. Yeah, this is a better image than that one where it was people with crowns. And part of the reason they liked the idea of having people with crowns is because it was kind of embarrassing to have these people who practiced another religion, who looked at the stars, told everybody that they were a Sagittarius. And it, it seemed a lot more fancy to be like, they got visited, instead of saying they got visited by fortune tellers, we say they got visited by kings. Behold, the kings have come. Oh, if I keep doing that, I'm definitely going to lose my voice. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's why you got your magi wand. They don't get a lot of speaking parts in this play, but they do get this one big line. You see this? We have seen his star at its rising. Want to say that? We have seen his star at its rising. Okay, so what you're going to do is you're going to hold your magi wand up. This is the only thing it does. It can't really cast spells. 
I guess it can look fabulous, but it, you hold it up, and then you say together with me, just put it right in that space, we have seen his star at its rising. One more time, everybody out there, come on, let's do this. We have seen his star at its rising. So the first surprise was, isn't it wild that God chose these people that were so strange that people didn't even have a name for them to invite for the earliest visitation of Jesus. And then even stranger still, God asked one of the stars in the sky to serve as a sign that Jesus was there, which is kind of wild. Theologically, what that says is that everything in the universe, the stars, the sun, the moon, the earth, all of those things are have an understanding deep in their core of what they are, of who God is. Okay, a couple more bits of art. Check this one out. This is a Ryan Sato original. He made this a couple of years ago. I went and found it in the basement. This is the OG wise man cut out here. It's really nice. Okay, so one more thing. The religion that those magi practiced was super good with men and women taking responsibility for their own spiritual path. They didn't have some sort of weird structure where that sort of put men above women or women above men. So the really cool thing about the whole concept of these three kings, or the three wise men, might include the fact that those magi might have included women. And women in the room, we've all heard that story about how if that had all just been three women, they would have shown up and cleaned and done all the laundry and fixed everything and taken care of Mary. And instead, those guys just brought their gifts and put them on the ground. Okay, so we're going to do a little imaginative thing here based on one of my favorite pictures. Can everybody see that? Now, this is a famous work of art called the Flammarion Engraving. It's a weird name for a thing. And all that means is the guy who had the book had this in there, and nobody knows who drew this image. And yet, for me, it remains such an imaginative and brilliant picture. So here's what we can see. We can see the sun over here. We can see a little village. We can see trees and stars. We can see the moon. And then we see this person who's gone on this journey. They've got a walking stick in their hand. Oh, because the person who painted or made this picture didn't put their name on it. So it's an anonymous picture. Good question. I would too. If I were if I made a piece of art this good, I'd put my name on it. I wouldn't. You wouldn't? Okay. Anonymous. So it, there's a walking stick, and so it's this, sort of this idea that this person made this long journey across the earth, and they finally got to this space, this thin space where they could see past the fabric of reality. It was almost like they were looking behind the curtain for all of the universe, and then they got to see everything that makes the, the earth move and the sun move and the stars work. And lots of times people look to this picture and they've compared it to maybe a scientist looking at a microscope or a scientist looking at a, a telescope or maybe someone who's learned to understand how our, our minds or our bodies work, someone who's gotten to look on the other side of, of reality, the truest form of reality. 
Now, for our purposes, I think we should pick a star and reframe this story a little bit. So, anybody have, what, what do you think is the best star in this sky right here? Can you see one? You get up there with that. That's, oh, that, that's the other thing. The Magi wand is also very good for pointing. You like that one? Oh, that is a good one, yeah. That one. Yeah? I really like No, that's the star. This one? I really like this star. one. Yeah. No, that's not the Oh, wow, we're in big trouble. That is not That's the sun. We're not going to use the sun. This one? Okay, we're going for that one. There it is. Watch this. I'm doing this. I picked it. I hopefully I haven't created too much division in the ranks. Look at that. That's the star. So now I want you to re- imagine this picture, except down behind this little building, there's the Magi, and they're on their camels. You can't really see them. You'd have to look in really close. And they are being guided by this star. And, it, and, and for my imagination, I like to think of that star as something that breaks through to the other side and shows us that God is working behind the scenes, behind the curtain, making the story of history unfold, making the sun and the moon and the planets, making the stars work. This guy over here, I don't know, let's call him Isaiah, or one of the prophets. It doesn't, it doesn't look like a man. It doesn't look like a man? Yeah, it does. I no, think it looks no, like a man. he's got it on the ground. It's Isaiah. Well, he, fall, he fell, he's traveled such a long ways, he's fallen down on the ground. It's either like Isaiah... Um, Isaiah, yeah. Ezekiel, maybe. I have a friend named Isaiah. It's a good name. Matthew. Isaiah. Um, Matthew. And okay, I'm gonna get back on track here. I can do this. I can get us back on track. <laughs> okay, so when I think of this picture, I think of these wise men, these wise men and women, these magi, looking up and seeing just a little piece of reality being exposed for them. And I would say that that teaches us a a couple of important lessons. The first one, obviously, is if ever we want to decide that other human beings are too strange or too weird or too different from us, and we're tempted to use that strangeness or that difference from us as any reason not to include them in the family of all humanity... Boy, are we wrong. This is a reminder that even the strangest people who are the most different from us are still our brothers and sisters. Under God's eyes, they're all God's children. And then the other thing for me, I think the other lesson that we can learn, is that we can be reminded that God likes to surprise people. And each of us, wherever we go in the world, we're trying to understand how, where we're supposed to live in the world, how we're supposed to be in the world, um, what might be on the other side of reality, what might be the, the energy and the forces that don't just make the sun and the moon work, but the things that make our lives make sense. That whole story happens in little tiny surprises that God can give to us. And maybe grown-ups can tell you of times they've been surprised by the way that the tiny little lights of God's goodness and mercy have shone in their lives. That could also be Mosaic. Yeah. Good. He could also be Matthew. For sure. I mean, we could put, we could describe a lot. I mean, I, I took a lot of liberties with this image. We could do whatever we wanted to it. So, so with that in mind, I want to just remember those two lessons. Number one, 
We are called to always consider every single person we ever meet, our brothers and our sisters on this planet. And number two, we are encouraged by Scripture in all of its strangeness and wonder to keep our eyes open for the surprises that God might have for us. And having said that, I think it's about time that you took these Magi wands back to your seats and we got on with the service. Are we good with that? Bonus wand? Thank <laughs> you.